Black Lives Matter rioters continue to make the world a better place. A new completely made-up study from the New York Times, a former newspaper, reveals that every time the mostly peaceful violent mobs tear down a statue, another black child gets an education. According to the study, the sheer moral purity of the mostly peaceful violence is transferred into the kinetic action of destroying monuments, so that when the monuments crash to the ground, a series of vibrations travels across town into the mind of a fatherless black child, imparting math and reading skills. This not only improves the child's chances of success, it also helps him to avoid experiencing traits which were determined by the Smithsonian National Museum of African American History and Culture to be tools of oppressive whiteness, such as hard work and rational thought. The museum later apologized for that characterization, but they were still thinking it and had their fingers crossed behind their backs. The completely made-up study in the Times is one of a new series of completely made-up studies which the Times is releasing as a follow-up to the 1619 Project. It was overseen by an expert committee of experts led by expert experts John and Mary Expert. So anyone who doesn't believe it is not listening to the experts. The study goes on to say that every time a government building is set on fire, systemic racism is lowered in any system where systemic racism is systemic. According to the study, when government buildings burn, the righteous rage of the arsonists mixes with the historic sins of the nation, causing a chemical reaction that purifies the air of the kind of racism that often arises when Black Lives Matter people are seen setting buildings on fire. Finally, the study concludes that anyone who loots a store could actually improve people's lives, especially the lives of the experts, if they would send them a pair of hot sneakers, sizes 10 and a half male and female eight. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Clavin, and this is The Andrew Clavin Show. I feel hunky-dunky, life is tickety-boo. Birds are winging, also singing, hunky-dunky-dee-doo. Ship-shaped ipsy-topsy, the world is a bitty-zing. It's a wonderful day, hurrah, hooray, it makes me want to sing. Oh, hurrah, hooray. All right, uh, we're back. For those of you who survived the Clavenless weekend, we will be here laughing our way through the fall of the Republic. Please go on the YouTube channel uh, for Andrew Claven, the Andrew Claven specific YouTube channel, and uh, subscribe and leave a comment. If the comment is either even like blitheringly stupid, we will consider it to have raised the level of conversation on this show, and we will read it on the air. As an example, here is Ron, Ron Harpaz, who says, who notices Claven goes away for a week. Beirut, Beirut blows the F up. Claven comes back after a week away. Israel and the UAE finalize a peace treaty. Do you heathens believe in the Lord of the Omniverse now? I mean, really, what does it take? What does it take? You know, one of the things that is going on right now is there are so many rules and regulations that your small business can just be destroyed. It doesn't even take the flu to destroy your small business. You can just be destroyed by trying to follow the HR rules. HR can just absolutely destroy you. Wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations— And HR manager salaries aren't cheap. They're an average of $70,000 a year. But Bambi, which you will know is spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, was created specifically for small businesses. It'll get you a dedicated HR manager to craft HR policy and maintain your compliance all for just $99 a month. That's $99 a month, considerably less than $70,000 a year. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength 
From onboarding to terminations, they customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day to day, all for just $99 a month. Go to Bambi.com slash Clavin right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi.com slash Clavin, spelled BAM to the B-E-E dot com slash Clay to the V-A-N. Or as we say, for those of you who don't know how to spell Clavin, it's K-L-A-V-A-N. There are no E. There are no E's. During the 2012 election, Obama versus the former Mitt Romney, the brilliant Rush Limbaugh once brilliantly said, I think that the country could survive four more years of Obama, but I don't believe the country can survive a country full of people who would reelect him. That's pretty much the way I'm feeling right now. I think the country might survive having Jeff Dunham's ventriloquist dummy Walter sitting on the lap of corrupt leftist Kamala Harris. But what kind of population would vote for them? Think of what the media Democrat complex has done to this country in the last four years. The Russian collusion hoax, three and a half years of absolute hysteria over zip. The meaningless impeachment, also zip. Now this stupid post office conspiracy panic, which is also about nothing. The out and out lie about Trump saying there were good people among white supremacists and on and on. And now this amazing Democrat proposal that you elect a president who hasn't got the guts or the mental wherewithal to come out of his basement and face even the slavish Democrat media. Think of these dreadful riots in Democrat cities with Democrat politicians and press telling us they're really good for us. Think of the homeless littering Democrat cities and the sidewalks, uh, the murders increasing as the police are defunded or socially ostracized. Think of the lunatic Kung flu regulations where you're allowed to riot, but you're not allowed to pray to God, where the police show up if you don't wear a mask, but stand down if you set a courthouse on fire. How stupid do people have to be to vote for the party that does this stuff? I completely understand people who don't like Donald Trump. He's oftentimes not likable. He's a bumptious guy. I, and they feel that they can't vote for him. Fine. But is it too much to ask for you to vote for people who actually love the country they're asking to govern, who won't terrorize you with fake conspiracies and won't sign on to having our cities burned down or our Constitution overturned just to give them a temporary victory? Our nation can survive Biden and Harris, but a populace who would vote for this chaos and corruption... That is something that might well end us. And we're going to find out whether Americans are still Americans, whether they still believe in the uh, in the American way. You know, there's a famous book called uh, the, I think it's called The World of Yesterday. It's by an Austrian Jewish writer named Stefan Zweig. And uh, Zweig was a uh, was born in the last part of the 19th century when Europe was at its peak. And there was a kind of sense that Europe was becoming all one continent, that they were, everybody loved one another. They moved from place to place. You didn't even have to have papers half the time to go from one country to another. And Zweig was a kind of typical intellectual Jewish guy who just wanted to meet all the brilliant people everywhere. He was a good writer. And he would move from Austria. He was born in the Austrian-Hungarian uh, Empire, which had just been standing so long, they thought it would stand forever. They thought it was going to be there forever. And so he would travel to Paris and he would travel to, you know, uh, other countries, Britain and even America. And he just felt he, uh, like a citizen of the world. One day he's in a small town in France, Touraine, Touraine. Uh, and it was just before, it was 1914, right? And he goes into a movie theater. He's in a cinema and they play a newsreel. And the news is, it's called News from All Over the World. And a picture of Kaiser Wilhelm meeting the German Emperor Franz Joseph in Vienna comes on. And suddenly he's in this little town, basically, this little outback town. And suddenly everybody starts booing. They start booing for the uh, Austrian Empire Emperor and uh, the German leader. And they're screaming and yelling and they're uh, hooting at the theater. And suddenly he realizes that 
It's so easy. These people have nothing against Austrians. They, they're just governed by the press. They've just been uh, manipulated by politicians and by the press into hating the Germans and the Austrians. And he suddenly realizes this Europe could come apart at the seams. And of course, a, a couple of months later, it does come apart at the seams. World War I starts. Suddenly, these countries that were all one country are hating each other, and the world is torn apart, and Europe is over. I was thinking about this over the weekend when Donald Trump's uh, brother died. You know, it's just this little thing, uh, this just like this little thing in this movie theater that happened in this small French town to Stefan Zweig. I was looking at Robert Trump dies, and obviously uh, Donald Trump uh, is shattered by this, and he issues a thing saying, it's with a heavy heart. I share that my wonderful brother, Robert, peacefully passed away tonight. He was not just my brother. He was my best friend who will be greatly missed, but we will meet again. His memory will live on in my heart forever. Robert, I love you. Rest in peace. That's what Donald Trump puts out. Within minutes on Twitter, the wrong Trump is uh, is trending. I got a note from somebody saying, how long will it be before somebody says the wrong Trump died? Everybody was saying, these are blue checkmark people. Uh, the actor, Michael Rappaport, the director, uh, they just announced that Robert Trump has died of shame. Apparently it's rare, but it runs in the Trump family. <laughs> a philosophy that turns you into that person is a bad philosophy. The philosophy that makes you that person is a bad philosophy. I'm not being pontificating. I, you know, you don't have to, again, you don't have to like Donald Trump, but there's something terribly wrong terribly wrong with a philosophy that turns us into people who hate one another in our own country, in a country that we should all love together, that we should all salute together, we should all stand up for the flag together, and then we can argue politics. But there's something terribly wrong here, and the Democrats, the left, has created it, and their media has created it, which is another good reason why you should uh, get the Ready Wise Foods. Because, as you know, this is our sponsor, Wise Company. They changed their name uh, to Ready Wise. It's a better time than any to be prepared with long-time nutritional food options. Ready Wise has many options like emergency meals, freeze-dried fruits and vegetables for convenient on-the-go nutrition, new adventure meals for hiking, camping, and other outdoor activities. You know, <laughs> I always joke about right-wing uh, outlets that push emergencies. You know, they say, you're going to need food. you got to get that Ready Wise food. But here we are. It's a right wing. It's a right wing nightmare come to life. You want to be able to have food on hand when you know seconds count. The authorities will be there in days. So ReadyWise gets uses the finest ingredients and latest food preparation technology to ensure optimal taste and freshness. Every recipe is crafted by a team of chefs to provide a nutritional meal during critical times. This week, my listeners can get free shipping at ReadyWise.com when entering Clavin at checkout or by calling eight five five. 474-4084. ReadyWise has a 90-day, no-questions-asked return policy, so there's no risk taking the initiative to get yourself and your family prepared today. That's ReadyWise, R-E-A-D-Y-W-I-S-E.com, promo code Claven to get free shipping. And I know, I know you're thinking ReadyWise. Anybody can spell ReadyWise. How? Oh, how? Please tell me how. Do you spell Claven? It's K-L-A-V-A-N. There are no E's in Claven. I just make it... <laughs> I just make it look this easy. All right. You know, a couple a couple of things. I'll talk about this post office thing a little bit. It's a flash in the pan. It's just the stupidest conspiracy theory. But I'll talk about it later, maybe, if I think about it. Uh, but I want to talk about stuff that happened after I left on Thursday. This Middle East peace thing. Hilarious. This is a, a hilarious thing. Th this deal between the United Arab Emirates and Israel that was engineered by Jared Kushner and Donald Trump, with Donald Trump taking a very uh, strong hand and getting Bibi Netanyahu, who loves him, to the table. 
Un unbelievable. It is unbelievable. This would be an instant Nobel Prize for anybody. They gave Barack Obama a Nobel Prize for being Barack Obama, and then he left the Middle East in flames. He inherited a Middle East. Obama inherited a Middle East where the fighting had stopped, and he left a Middle East in flames being run by ISIS in a camp the size of Ohio, surrounded by posts with heads on top of them, people being killed. For, that's, that's the Middle East Obama left. And now look, I mean, look at this. This is incredible. Again, Trump is a bumptious guy. He can be, uh, he can get on people's nerves. I know it. But what does he have to do before people start to go, one of them is burning down my cities and the other one is bringing peace to the Middle East. I'm telling you, by the time this administration is over, so help me, they're not going to just cure the Chinese flu because it's a coronavirus and the cold is a coronavirus. They're going to cure the common cold and it's going to be, CNN is going to be going on, well, the cold was a good thing. You know, this is this is a conspiracy that Donald Trump has destroyed these, these austere religious scholars that happen to be germs and he destroyed them. <laughs> what are they going to do? What does the guy have to do? But anyway, this is a big deal. There hasn't been a, a peace deal, I don't think ever between, I mean, I guess they had the Egypt deal, for which uh, Jimmy Carter was given the Nobel Peace Prize. But this is a, a very big deal because it could change and because of a lot of things. You know, the press is selling this. The press is selling this deal as if, oh, this has been in the works for 10 years. Crap. Okay, this is not in the works for 10 years. The reason this happened, it, it, it's all because of Obama. They keep saying, well, Obama had a lot to do with this. He did. He screwed up so badly in the Middle East that the Arabs are going, whoa, we're all going to die if we don't make common cause with Israel. By having this stupid, idiotic Iranian deal, by having this Iranian deal where basically they said, oh, wait 10 years, uh, here's here's $150 billion on a platter. We'll give you all this money to start terrorist uh, you know, uh, activities around the world. You can do that. It's your money anyway, so we'll give it back to you because that's only fair. And so you pay some terrorists off to do their thing. And then, you know, don't build a nuclear weapon for 10 years and we'll give me another Nobel Peace Prize, Obama, another Nobel Peace Prize, and then I'll be gone. And then you can just blow up the entire region. <laughs> that was the deal. That was the peace deal. It wasn't, there was no, everybody kept saying, well, they're obeying the deal. It was 10 years. 10 years it goes by like that. And then they got a bomb. So Trump pulls out of this and it made it paved the way for a lot of people in the Arab world to say, wait a minute, Iran is taking over the region. We have got to stick together and we've got to our enemy. Our enemy's enemy can be our friend and we've got to stick together. And this is what, what paved the way for Jared Kushner to make this deal. The national security advisor, uh, Robert O'Brien, made this point. This is cut four. They took that money and engaged in proxy wars in Iraq and Syria and Lebanon and, and Yemen uh, and other parts of the Middle East. And so I think getting out of the JCPOA was the predicate uh, for this fantastic deal between UAE okay. and Israel. And, and look, the, the only people, you know, you had Thomas Friedman coming out with an unqualified endorsement of the UAE-Israel deal, which I, I never thought I'd see the, uh, President Trump being endorsed by uh, Thomas Friedman on this deal and uh, David Ignatius and others. I think the only people that were against the deal were the Ayatollah and maybe Ben Rhodes. But uh, uh, this happened because we got out of the JCPOA, not because uh, we, we should have stayed in it. Let me remind you that Ben Rhodes was the Obama aide who went to the New York Times, who said to the New York Times in an interview, 
All these newspapers used to have farm bureaus. He was telling about how they sold this crappy Iran deal to the press because it was easy because it was Obama, so he could do no wrong. But he said all these newspapers used to have farm bureaus. Now they don't. They call us to explain to them what's happening in Moscow and Cairo. Most of the outlets are reporting on world events from Washington. The average reporter we talked to is 27 years old, and their only reporting experience consists of being around political campaigns. That's a sea change. They literally know nothing. He was laughing at them. He was laughing at He was saying to the New York Times, you guys are idiots. You don't know anything. We can sell you anything, even this stupid Iran deal. And here's the New York Times reacting to this peace treaty from Trump. If the pullback from annexation was presented as some kind of a bomb for the Palestinians because they uh, Netanyahu agreed to delay annexing more land, though he just said it's not off the table. He says if the pullback was presented as some kind of a bomb for the Palestinians. Many of them considered it instead a stab in the back. The deal was a diplomatic coup for Israel, but it ruptured decades of professed Arab unity around the Palestinian cause. That's because the Palestinian cause is crap. After World War II, millions and millions and millions of people were displaced. Borders were were withdrawn, were, were redrawn. Were Jews displaced after (laughs) World War II? Yeah, the ones who survived were. Millions of Jews displaced, borders redrawn. Only the Palestinians remain a problem. Why? Because they knew, the Arabs knew, they could use them as leverage against Israel. They could have absorbed them into Jordan. They could have absorbed them into the surrounding countries. They didn't on purpose because they knew the left is so anti-West and so stupid that they would fall for the idea that these were victimized people The only victims of World War II. The Jews, I mean, the Jews, (laughs) come on. Name one bad thing that happened to the Jews during World War II. The only victims of World War II, of this uh, transition, were the Palestinians, and they knew they could sell to the left the idea that these brown people were being displaced by Western powers by establishing the state of Israel, which is the size of a shoebox, which wasn't even, they weren't even given the land that they were promised. They were given this little sliver of land, which they have extended by defending it against attack. The Palestinian cause is garbage. They could be absorbed into the Arab world and taken care of. Instead, they're sold. You know, it's not their fault, by the way. It's not the people's fault. It's the leader's fault. They're sold this narrative. Oh, the olive tree, this olive tree that you loved so much back in Israel, your your grandfather loved so much in Israel until you have that back again. You're not being treated well. You know, you can do this to anybody. You can uh, pollute the minds of any people by telling them perennially that they're victims. You may think we have seen that in our own country. We have. So here is uh, Jared Kushner talking about how Donald Trump uh, actually helped do this and why it went so well. When President Trump moved the embassy uh, to Jerusalem, uh, a lot of people criticized and says, well, he didn't ask for anything in return. And President Trump's point of view on that was that, first of all, you don't have to get something for keeping your promise. You shouldn't be uh, getting something for doing the right thing. You should just do the right thing. But what he got out of that, which very few foreign policy experts saw, was he got the trust of the Israeli people and he got the trust of Israel. It showed that uh, he was doing things for the right reasons. And that trust has enabled him uh, to get Israel to make some tougher decisions that they wouldn't have made otherwise, perhaps under a different administration. And obviously with the United Arab Emirates, uh, they felt very betrayed by America with the past administration. Uh, The Iran deal was a a terrible betrayal of the region, and American leadership in the region had really uh, pulled back. If you think about America's foreign policy interests in the Middle East previously, it was about energy. And uh, and under President Trump's leadership, America is now energy independent as a country, so that's greatly reduced our dependence on the Middle East, which, which is critical. 
you know, that's it's amazing stuff that the stuff that Trump did, moving the embassy, making sure that we were energy independent, gave us the power to do this. And also Kushner deserves a lot of credit because Kushner went in with a new idea. He said, instead of paying attention to the Palestinian, this age old feud that you've got going, let's pay attention to your future. Let's pay attention to your economy. Let's pay attention to getting uh, trades with trading with Israel, which is a very uh, highly advanced company. Bibi Netanyahu makes this point himself and also talks about the fact that this peace could spread. I think the Arab countries are coming around to see that they can't be held hostage by the Palestinians. They have their own interests to develop peace with Israel, to exchange technology, uh, to exchange things like the corona vaccine uh, development, uh, uh, health, um, uh, infrastructure, uh, energy. Uh, all the wonders of Israeli technology and entrepreneurship that you see both in the Gulf states and especially in the Emirates and in Israel. And if we join forces, we can do wonderful things, limitless things uh, for the benefit of our, our people, for their uh, well-being and for their security. So he's talking about spreading this through the Middle East and he's make, making an offer of friendship. It could work out well for everybody. You know, I don't like I know you don't like to hear me criticize Donald Trump, but I have to say he is the worst Hitler ever. I mean, this guy, we kept being told he's Adolf Hitler. I, you know, I wonder I wonder if black voters would consider the fact that Donald Trump is the Adolf Hitler who has helped the Jews more than any president of the United States ever. I wonder if they might think that maybe he's also the Ku Klux Klansman who would help the blacks if people would just stop listening to this dream world in the press and start looking with their own eyes. Uh, Donald Trump would look a lot different and this election would look a lot different. I don't know if they will. All right, you've been waiting for it. It's time to say rockauto.com. It is one of our favorite things about rockauto.com. Never mind the great prices on all the great auto parts that you can get from rockauto.com. The real pleasure is just sitting down at your computer. You don't even have to drive anywhere. You just sit down at your computer and you can actually say to your wife, honey, I'm going on rockauto.com. They love that. It drives them crazy. Then you can order any part you want for any car you have. Uh, it's a fam rockauto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com, or as we like to say, rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Clavin. you got to say it the same way. Clavin in there. <laughs> Did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. And also in the box that says, how do you spell Clavin? Because they want to know. It's K-L-A-V-A-N. There Duh. are no E's in Clavin. We're dealing with, I mean, I can't say it enough. We're dealing with reality versus the press. I mean, it is this fantasy in the press. And why do we pick, you know, it's funny, I, I love Molly Hemingway uh, over at The Federalist, and she sometimes on Fox, and she's just great. And she's, I, I see her going through a process that I've gone through years ago, where you start, you start to watch the press and go, how can they lie? They're lying. Everything, they, it's all a lie. Everything is a lie. How do you, you know, and you start to go a little nuts. And why do we pick on the press when it seems like that's an ancillary issue? It's because it's not an ancillary issue. It doesn't really matter when... Trump says something nasty about the Democrats or the Democrats say something nasty about Trump. If we're on the Republican side, we say, oh, those Democrats are so nasty. If you're on the Democrat side, you say, oh, those Republicans, the things they say. That's politics. That's the way politics is supposed to work. The referees are supposed to stay neutral. It's one thing to say, oh, the Patriots, you know, they had a deflated ball, so it was easier to grip the ball and easier to throw it. That's bad, 
But it's not as bad as the refs saying, well, we like the Patriots, so we're not going to talk about that. We just, you know, we're not going to pay any attention. We're not going to do it. It's just not. And that's the problem with the press. Our refs are bad. Our refs are corrupt. And, and Trump says this, you know, he says, I'm not running against Joe Biden. How could he be running against Joe Biden? Joe Biden won't even come out of his basement. Here's Trump saying who his real opponent is. Cut eight. According to uh, most of the real people, not the fake news and, and this uh, press that we're running against, because my biggest opponent isn't Biden. It's not the Democrats. It's the corrupt media. We have a, a corrupt media in this country, the likes of which nobody's ever seen before. It's really true. I mean, I've never seen anything like this. And I, the press has always been corrupt. It's always been bad. But now it's stupid, first of all, because so many of them have been fired and so many of the old business models have collapsed. And, and this happened. I was there when this happened. I was in the press when this happened, when they started to come in and say, no, we've got to be relatable. We've got, that was the word, relatable. You've got to be relatable. You've got to talk about the things that people are talking about, not about the things that you think are important. And, you know, I, I would have these fights with people. I'd say, no, you've got to tell them about what their budget is. You've got to tell them what happened here and what happened there. So so they know how to vote. It's not about entertaining them. You can get entertainment elsewhere. But that model had collapsed and it collapsed as, of course, you know, cable news came in and all these other uh, com competitors uh, to the networks came in. But Trump points out that he doesn't he, you know, he doesn't have to worry about Biden. Let's cut seven. Somebody like like Biden, he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't come out because he can't. He, he doesn't take any questions from reporters. I keep saying to my people, you know, here I am getting getting bombs thrown at me every day by people that are, are totally, you know, frankly, dishonest reporters. But I'm getting, you know, they're, they're espousing the, the view of the radical left. But here I am, bombs every day, every day, every day, and do a good job in handling it. That's why my polls have gone up 10 or 12 points. <laughs> As polls have gone up a couple of points anyway, it is narrowing. But, you know, there's, now the Democrat convention is going to start. So uh, just a, a week. A week of rapture in the press. I mean, it's it's gotten so it's gotten comical. It has gotten ridiculous. I love the fact that the I think the theme of the Democrat convention is uniting America. <laughs> I just love this. It's like uniting America and hating one another. We want the gays to hate the straights. We want the blacks to hate the whites. We want the women to hate the men. And then we'll all be united in hating everybody. It'll be great. It's a uniting America. And then we'll burn down your cities. And by the way, nobody can leave his house and has to wear a mask if he does. You know, <laughs> it's going to be great. I like the fact that Trump is solving the problems in the Middle East. It really is his policies that are doing this. And okay, you can say it's Mike Pompeo and Jared Kushner, but it's under Trump's administration. His policies are doing this. He's solving the problems in the Middle East. And they're going, and wear a mask, because if you go out without a mask, everybody can see your face and then they get sick. It's terrible. <laughs> These are two parties. I just want to show you something. I, I came across this, I guess, on, on Grabian. But to me, it is the press in a net nutshell. Remember crazy Mika Brzezinski on the Morning Joe show, right? She had the affair with Joe and then they got married. And then like, what the, you know, it's like a drama. It's like a drama on the show. She went off on Trump. And you got to listen to this carefully because it really is it really is an amazing thing. Here's her indictment of Donald Trump. There's clear disdain that I have for this president. But look at the facts. Look at how he's worn us down from his paid off porn star to Russia lies to racism in Charlottesville, racism across the board, children in cages. I mean, lie after lie after lie, conspiracy theories. Our country right now is really at a breaking point. If we don't find a way to hold this president accountable with his attempts to undermine the post office and also his apparent negligence, perhaps purposeful, on saving the American people's lives in this pandemic.
<laughs> so I got to take this apart. This is I got we got to unpack this for a minute. The lie after lie after lie. And the conspiracy theories, you know, like conspiracy theories, like the president purposely wants people to die of the Chinese flu. <laughs> He's actually saying it's like all these conspiracy theories. And here the president is sitting up in Mount Trump, you know, in the lightning flashing and the dark clouds are gathering over the little grotto that he lives in in Mount Trump. And he's planning the deaths of the American people by the Chinese flu. Let's just go through her list. Right. Paid off porn star. Absolutely. That was really bad for the country. Every I, I know that in my life, the fact that Trump paid off a porn star to keep it, keep her quiet, uh, that really made a big difference in my life. I mean, I, you know, I was, I was doing great before that. My business was running well. I was happy. My marriage was good. And then when I found out that Trump had paid off a porn star, because I didn't know when I voted for Donald Trump that he slept with everything in sight. I didn't know that. That was a big revelation that the guy who wrote in his book that he was sleeping with every, I voted for him for his, for his moral stance on adultery. Okay. But that at least is real. That's real. Then she says, Russian lies. What were the Russian lies? For three years, three and a half years, Morning Joe and every other outlet that is connected in any way to the Democrats, which is all of them except maybe the Wall Street Journal, maybe Fox News, every single outlet ran with this Russian story. They led with it every day. They led with it every day. And now that it's coming apart and now that Durham is guiding some of the people, one of the, one of the people who's pled guilty, we'll talk about that, suddenly it's gone. It's off the news. So what Russian lies? Who's Russian lies? What is she talking about? She talks about racism in Charlottesville. What does that mean? It means this absolute hoax, a complete, total, thoroughgoing hoax that Donald Trump said there are good people on both sides, meaning, and by saying that, that he meant the white supremacists and the Antifa people. First of all, those two sides are the same side as far as I'm concerned. They're both dirtbags, violent dirtbags. I want nothing to do with them. And he said, I'm not talking about the white supremacists. They should be condemned completely. He said it in the same speech. So whose racism is it? Whose lies are it? It's, 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 whose lies are they? They're hers. They're Mika's as she's talking, as she's condemning him. She's condemning herself. It is an absolute, it is the press in a nutshell. Then she talks about racism across the board. What racism? Trump created more jobs for black people than any president ever has. If if we get through this thing, if they can, if he can convince the states to start opening up again, which they will, no matter who wins the election, they'll finally cave in. It's all, a lot of this stuff is manufactured, but still, you know, what racism? What racism across the board? Children in cages. Those children were in those cages during the Obama administration. It only became an issue during the Trump administration. Conspiracy theories. I mean, again. What conspiracy theories? Russia collusion? Charlotte? Everything she said is a conspiracy theory. And this thing with the post office, I mean, I, I just, these are these things I hate. You know, you hate to cover this. When, when the Ukraine scandal, so-called, started, I, I could barely bring myself to cover it. And they actually parlayed that into an impeachment. Of course, it was an impeachment only by one party. It was absolutely ridiculous. It was absolutely uh, absurd. But, but the fact that they actually parlayed into that meant I had to talk about it. But I was thinking, this is stupid. It's a stupid story. It's the same thing with this. The posts, Postal Service said that basically they were not set up to handle universal mail-in voting in the way that uh, that it needed, that it would have to be handled if suddenly, within days of the election, we suddenly declared nobody's going to the polls. First of all, Fauci their hero, their God, the guy that he, they love more than anything, he says it's perfectly safe to go vote. Here's what he said. I think if carefully done according to the guidelines, there's no reason that I can see why that not be the case. For example, 
you know, when you look at going to a grocery store now in many regions and counties and cities that are doing it correctly, they have X's every six or more feet. And it says, don't leave this spot until the person in front of you left their spot. And you can do that. If you go and wear a mask, if you uh, observe the physical distancing and don't have a crowded situation, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to do that. So they've ginned up this entire thing that in order for people to vote, because nobody wants to vote for Joe Biden, nobody's going to walk down the street to Joe Biden. You know, if you had to go vote for Joe, if you felt you hated Trump so much that you would actually vote for this ventriloquist dummy and something good was on TV or something bad was on TV or nothing was on TV and you just wanted to sit in a room and stare into space, would you do that instead of going down to the polls to vote for Joe Biden? His enthusiasm, the enthusiasm level of Joe Biden voters is at minus 10. I mean, people are like, you know, you know, they're telling pollsters, yeah, I'll vote. I, I got it. I, I maybe, I know, maybe, I don't know. So they want you to be, they want it as easy to be, they want you to be able to whisper the word Biden out the window and have it co- uh, count as a vote. And Trump's right. It is absolutely a setup for corruption. Not, it's not the same thing as absentee bo- ballots where I say, I can't get to the polls or I want this. And then you send it. When you send this out universally, it is just asking for corruption, which of course the Democrat party has been doing for a hundred years, uh, manipulating votes. So the whole thing is nonsense and it's not right. It is not right to have these constant uh, conspiracy theories that the left has been perpetrating now for four years. And it would be okay if only they did it, but it's when the refs do it. It's when the referees do it in the press that make it worse than what it, than it has to be. So a lot of you complain about the Clavenless weekend, and there's nothing I can do about that. But if you want something else that looks terrific and can keep time, you can get a Vincero watch. It's not me, but at least as the Clavenless weekend goes on, you'll be able to look at this incredibly good-looking watch and say, that's almost as good-looking as Claven, and the Clavenless weekend is passing. I can tell because the time is always right on my Vincero watch, and there's a sale on Right now, Vincero is running a site-wide sale to celebrate their sixth anniversary. This will not only be the biggest sale of the year, but the biggest sale in Vincero history. You can get some of these incredibly attractive and good-working watches up to 30% off site-wide. No code is required. Your discount will be automatically applied at checkout when you visit VinceroWatches.com slash Clavin. Everything on site is on sale. No exclusions, including all four of their all-new collections available. Continue to support this brand as they continue to support The Andrew Clavin Show. Go shop Vincero's sixth anniversary sale. This deal really is too good to pass up. Go to V-I-N-C-E-R-O-Watches.com forward slash Clavin. Do not pay full price on these beautiful timepieces. Take advantage of this opportunity to get one of my go-to watches at such a great price. And I know you're thinking, sure, you spell Vincero, but... But how do you spell Clavin? Please let me know. It's K-L-A-V-A-N. There are no easy I just, I just make it look this easy. Uh, also, Daily Wire All Access. Go to dailywire.com all access because this Thursday, you want an all access subscription because this is Thursday, August 20th. We'll be doing a very special live stream watch party covering the Democratic National Convention's biggest speakers with Daily Wire's own Matt Walsh. The stream starts at 8.45 p.m. Eastern, 5.45 p.m. Pacific. So don't miss the big opportunity to tune in and mock, uh, mock and make fun of the final night of the DNC with Matt. Head over to dailywire.com slash Clavin right now to get 20% off all access with coupon code access. That's dailywire.com slash Clavin with coupon 
coupon code ACCESS to get 20% off your membership. You also get all the other All Access stuff, which you remember from my last show. If you don't, you can go back and listen to my last show again, and I will tell you all about it. Go on and subscribe. So continuing with the Democrat uh, National Committee theme of uniting America, I can't believe that they have the goal... (laughs) The gall to you got to give them, you know, you got to give them some credit for gall. You have to give them credit for just brazen, uh, you know, complete disregard of your intelligence. And it is amazing, you know, what you can do with a dysfunctional Pravda-style press. I mean, if the Pravda, if the press is going to bury this stuff, uh, you know, you're going to have a a country where they don't know what's going on anymore. And that's what, that really is what's happening. And I talk to, I don't get to talk to as many uh, leftists as I would like, or even liberals as I would like, but they really don't know anything. This thing that Reagan said, where it's not that uh, they don't know anything, it's that everything they know is untrue, really is the case. I mean, it really is. Just on the basis of facts, uh, you've got the cities uh, continuing to collapse. Uh, absolutely, um, you know, because of this conspiracy, post office conspiracy theory, they're actually uh, going outside the new uh, postmaster general's house and his apartment, and they're demonstrating there, which was really dirty pool. You shouldn't do that in America. Uh, there was a guy beaten unconscious in a riot in Portland. Uh, there are Black Lives Matter people showing up in residential areas and screaming, give us your homes because they belong to black people. They deserve, you know, black people deserve them. I mean, these are people who in a lot of ways um, have been brainwashed into thinking, you know, like like the Palestinians, into thinking that they're not the masters of their own fate, that somebody has to do something for them for there to be justice, that something has been taken away from them uh, that has to be given back before they can live as ordinary people. And it's just not true. It's just not true. You know, it it is true there has been racism in this country. It is true that at one point in my lifetime, the racism was systemic. That is, it was built into the systems of America. That has been purged out. Uh, Maybe even beyond the point where it's fair to purge it out, where people are being penalized uh, for not towing the line of of Black Lives Matter, which I won't. I think Black Lives Matter is a horrible terrorist organization with Marxist, anti-family, anti-American agenda. And they came up with this brilliant, uh, you know, idea of having this slogan that you can't disagree with, because of course all lives matter. Uh, You can't disagree with their slogan, uh, but in fact that they're, you know, fascists basically. They're they're racist, uh, they're violent, they're on their website, they put forward Marxist policies that have enslaved people wherever they're tried. Uh, They're against the family, which is the one thing uh, that the black uh, community needs more than anything else is they need intact families, which have been destroyed by Democrat welfare policies. It's it's a it's a, an awful thing. It's an awful thing, and it's not just. Look, there are always radicals. There are always people who march. There are always people who commit violence. The terrible thing is the people in the government who are supporting them, and the people in the press as well. The people, the mayor of Seattle, saying it's going to be a summer of love. Here is Ayanna Presley. I mean, this is this is truly. It should be an impeachable offense. You should be removed from office. Here is one of the uh, what do they call them? The squad. Uh, in Congress. Uh, Here's what she had to say about this. This is as much about public outcry and organizing and mobilizing and applying pressure so that this GOP-led Senate and that these governors that continue to carry water for this administration, putting the American people in in harm's way, um, turning a deaf ear to the needs of our families and our communities, hold them accountable. Well, make the phone call, send the email, show up. 
You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. And unfortunately, there's plenty to go around. There needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as people are doing things we disagree with that we can, you know, categorize as racist. Uh, obviously, it's all nonsense, but it's just, it, you know, you can be a revolutionary or you can be a congresswoman, but I don't think you should be both. I think if you, you are uh, paid money by the taxpayers to govern this country, that telling people to go out into the streets and riot and create unrest is really uh, not your job, and it is the opposite of your job. The first, your first job is protecting people's homes. But again, you know, I was talking about this last week. They don't consider the country to be built of normal people. They consider the country only to be uh, only to be there to serve the outliers, the out the people that they think are oppressed, the people who are living in the streets, the people who think that they can do something by rioting instead of saying, "Oh, I don't know," get marrying the people who have their babies or. I, you know, getting an education or making sure their kids get an education. I mean, every time, I, I'm sorry, but every time people say to me, you know, what are you doing for me? My question is, what are you doing for you? You know, I'm doing stuff for me. Now you do stuff for you. You know, I'm not, I'm not here. I mean, maybe out of charity, you could ask me for charity if you need it, but why do you need it? What's going on in your life that you're not building a life like everybody else in America has done through the centuries. Every single person who has come here uh, from other countries has faced some kind of bigotry. Catholics have faced bigotry. Jews, obviously. If they're going to be reparations, by the way, I, if they're fair reparations where the people who were hurt most and had most prejudice against them get the money, everybody should just give all their money to the Jews. That was, <laughs> was just, they've done more than anything. So you've got that. And then you've got this stuff, you know, that happened uh, on, on Obama's watch with Obama's knowledge, almost certainly, where they investigated President Trump over a Russian collusion case they knew was false. They knew it was bunkum and they kept pressuring it, pressing it, pressing it. And that Mueller investigation that went on for years and produced nothing. Do you remember? Do you remember the press coming in and saying, oh, it's almost Mueller day. It's going to be like Christmas. I have a little candle with Robert Mueller on it and I'm praying to Robert Mueller. And then they came out and they were crying on MSNBC when he didn't indict anybody, when he really came up and said the whole thing was nonsense. Now it turns out to be even more nonsense. The first uh, the first uh, guy to be convicted or, yeah, convicted, he pled guilty. Kevin Kleinsmith, a, a former FBI lawyer, uh, is going to plead guilty to falsifying a document to justify surveillance of FISA warrant on uh, Carter Page of the Trump campaign. So he admits that he lied about this, but this guy was an activist. I mean, remember uh, Devin Nunes or Nunes or Nines or Nunu, whatever his name is. Uh, he talks about this. He, you know, he mentions this, that he calls him the French speaking guy because he said, viva la resistance. This happened when somebody asked Klein Smith if he was going to leave the Trump administration. He said, absolutely not. I want to be here to be the resistance. He said, viva la resistance. Here's Devin Nono or Nainai uh, talking about this. This is the attorney uh, that I always called the French speaking attorney. He was the one that said viva la resistance when he was asked, is he going to quit? He was also very concerned about whether or not these, uh, th that his name was on a lot of these documents. So he clearly knew uh, that he had a problem right after the election. Um, I think that Durham is letting him off extremely easy. There's multiple indictments that could have been brought, probably in including conspiracy and including uh, destruction of, of evidence. So my guess is maybe he's going to cooperate, maybe he's not, but uh, this is a good first step. You know, uh, it, and, and NBC News, Nightly News, didn't even cover it. The other networks did cover it, but only briefly uh, after making this the front page story for three and a half years. The fact that it was not just a uh, false, but it was a scam. It was a, a it was a really an illegal operation. You know, Matthew Hennessy writes in The Wall Street Journal today, 
that if uh, Biden win promises a mood swing, that everything, all your anxieties, all the chaos will disappear. He says anxieties about imminent fascism will vanish overnight if Biden wins. Gone will be concerns about democracy dying in darkness, replaced by the media's self-congratulation. Guys, we did it. We saved the country. A Biden victory will be said to demonstrate the resiliency of America's political systems. You'll stop hearing about foreign meddling in our elections. Protest cities like Seattle and Portland will return to their regular programming. The coronavirus won't go away, but the federal government will cease to be the enemy and instead become the vehicle of our salvation. The sense of relief won't be limited to Democrats. This is very smart of Hennessy. So the sense of relief won't be limited to Democrats. Certain Republican politicians and even Trump supporters may find themselves breathing easier at the realization that they no longer need to explain or defend the things he does. Before all that happens, can we be honest about the dishonesty of the past four years? If the Republic is in mortal peril only until the next fellow moves into the White House, it is an immoral peril. And those who insisted it was was are themselves guilty of the charges they've leveled at Mr. Trump, subverting faith in the constitutional system. You won't have to listen that closely to hear them change their tune. We're being held hostage, essentially. We're, it's a psyop, basically. Trying. I, I, I talked about this four years ago. I was talking about this from the very beginning, that it's not about each individual story being wrong. It's about the atmosphere they create, the atmosphere of hysteria, the atmosphere of fear, the atmosphere of just chaos where you just want it to stop. I have heard smart conservatives saying, you know, at least if Biden comes in, this craziness will stop. No, it'll just, the craziness will just enter the system. Instead of being in the air, it'll be in the bloodstream. And it's much harder to get it out. I'm telling you, this is a a test. It is a test of whether America has bought this story from the press and from the Democrats, which I repeat myself, but it's whether America has bought this story or if America is still, if Americans are still on the side of America. We've got to stop there, but I'll be back again tomorrow. I'm Andrew Clavin. This is The Andrew Clavin Show. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, give us a five-star review and also tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Matt Wall Show, and The Michael Knoll Show. Thanks for listening. The Andrew Clavin Show is produced by Robert Sterling. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Technical producer, Austin Stevens. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Assistant director is Pavel Wadowski. Edited by Danny D'Amico. Audio mixed by Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, or head and makeup, by Nika Geneva. Animations are by Cynthia Angulo. Production assistants, McKenna Waters and Ryan Love. The Andrew Clavin Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire, 2020. You know, the Matt Wall Show... It's not just another show about about politics. I think there are enough of those already out there. We talk about culture because culture drives politics and it drives everything else. So my main focuses are life, family, faith. Those are fundamental and that's what this show is about. I hope you'll give it a listen. Listen.